0: Mike Seibert Radio is an independently produced podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only and do not necessarily reflect those of any other broadcasting entities that either have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you want to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio on Twitter and Instagram. And you can always write into the mailbag if you're still using email, uh, Mike Radio at gmail.com. Uh, this is the podcast radio show where I talk about stuff and things that are on my mind every week. And this week, we've returned to the KGRG studio, and I am joined by... Good friend of the show and a frequent contributor,
1: Killing Spree. How you doing, dude? All right. And this time I was invited. <laughs> I didn't kick open the door this time. Ah, gotcha.
0: <laughs> so uh, on uh, on this week's show, we're, uh, we're going to talk about uh, a couple of things, but primarily we're going to talk about the Oscar nominations that came out uh, this week. And um, we're not going to talk about it from the
1: perspective of... We're not going down the list.
0: Well, I mean, we we might touch on some things, but we were talking about this before we started recording, like, of the Best Picture nominations, I mean, really, how many of them have we seen? I mean, it's like... I've uh, seen none. So, yeah, I mean, so, you know, I I, I know a lot of um, uh, movie podcasts are, like, going through the list and are, you know, um, I don't really consider myself to be a cinephile. I, I like... Movies. I, I refer to movies as movies. I don't refer to them as films, like a lot like a lot of hoity-toity uh, folks do.
1: Yeah, smug assholes call movies films. Yeah, I I I would agree with that. Um, or at least, the, well, the people that go out of their way to call them films.
0: Yes. Yeah, I, I get that. So, so we're we're going to talk about um, a couple movies, specifically um, uh, genre movies, because like there were some uh, surprise nominations, there were some surprise exclusions, and I figured just uh, um, really just being inspired by what you've been tweeting about, Spree. I uh-huh. figured like there was enough material for us to do a show here, and uh, you know, figured we'd we'd call back to a couple other things we we talked about in the past too. But
1: well, hopefully it's not enough material to last three. Hours like the last one that we did. Oh, man. Jesus Christ!
0: Oh man, you know, and I was gonna chop that in half too, and I. It, but it was Christmas, and I'm just like, you know what? Fuck this! I'm like, Merry Christmas! <laughs> you know, here you go. Have a have a have a have a three hour episode where we uh, uh bitch about uh Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Um. So actually, before we get into Oscar talk, let's uh let's uh let's revisit uh, uh Star Wars a little bit because I um, stuff's happened. Well, a couple things have happened. And um, uh, one, I want to tell a story real quick. In that I, uh, I just recently had the occasion to rewatch the movie. Mm-hmm. I um, so I have now seen Star Wars: The Last Jedi for a second time. I saw it in the theater. It's a, a local theater here in the Seattle area called the Cinerama. Um, it's uh, it's been around since the '60s. Uh, Paul Allen uh, purchased it, uh, you know, like uh, 15 years ago. What? Renovated it. What doesn't Paul Allen it's, own? Well, and that's the thing because okay, so. So, so this is an independent movie theater. So it's not like an AMC or whatever. So the cool part about that is you don't have any commercials, you know, you don't have like the 45 minutes worth of, you know, Fandango or Coca-Cola or anything right. like that. But what you do get at the beginning is basically a commercial for the Paul Allen empire. So it's like, he's talking about like the, the, like the, the museum of pop culture, um, the, uh, um, Oh gosh, what else? I should have written these down because it, it it all made sense. But like including the Cinerama movie theater, the the upcoming uh, Upstream Music Festival uh, that's coming up this summer, um, as well as a handful of other things.
1: So it doesn't really sound like much of a a difference. You're still getting commercials. It's just ones for sponsors and the others just from some rich dude wanking himself.
0: True. The um, And I don't disagree with that. The only thing I would contend though is it, like it was one spot. It, it was like one sixty oh, okay. second spot and then you're right there in previews. I mean, so it's like, you know, the show
1: starts well, on time and well, like, yeah, within well, most of those commercials, like they're on before start showtime. Well, Cause I thought uh, showtime is when the trailers start. You know what that's a good
0: question. I haven't clocked it for a, enough time. I just know when I when I, when we go to the the Century, the Cinemark, I get to, you know, see Maria Manunu's for for a while there and I I I think that's pre-show stuff, but I think like when they try to sell you on like the Cinemark Movie Club and and
1: um what company doesn't do that? Where they're trying to sell you stuff like you go to any grocery store or mm-hmm. Best Buy, or GameStop, they're like Would you like a reward zone card or whatever they call their rewards point?
0: Yeah, gotcha. You know, and and I like that, you know, less than three minutes in, we're already off on a steep, steep tangent.
1: Uh, Well, that's what we do when you you bring me onto this thing.
0: This is true. Uh, Well, by our powers combined, we are lengthy, rambly storytellers. So uh, we're
1: basically Grandpa Simpson.
0: old man yells at cloud <laughs> dude that that's gonna be on my tombstone man because it's just yeah i am that guy but but anyway i um uh, so i saw the last jedi at uh, at the cinerama it was a uh, um it's the screen size is like um uh it, i don't know what the dimensions of it are but but it's a it's a very large curved silver screen It's like so. It's not an IMAX screen. It's you know, it's rectangular in the proper aspect ratio, um, and it's um, it's it's my favorite movie theater, quite quite frankly. And I've talked about this on previous shows, so I don't want to dwell on it now. But um, but I had seen every other Star Wars movie at this theater. Um, I saw the original trilogy when they came out in '97 as the uh, special editions. Boo. But you know, I, I, boo all you like. I still got to see him in the theater. So I saw him in the theater too. So yeah, I mean, yeah, the content wise, but you know, something about you know seeing Star Wars in the theater is is a special thing. No, I, I
1: won't. I won't deny that. It's just in hindsight. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. But I and and that was one of the things that made me kind of upset about watching The Last Jedi. And I shared with you, it's like, I don't know if I'm going to see this again. And I I didn't share it when we talked earlier, but I'm like, does this mean that my Cinerama Street comes to an end? I don't know. So I, I talked to uh, several of my friends, uh, most of them at work. And the consensus was you got to go again because I talked to. Uh, Four different people whose whose tastes align with my own and whose judgment I trust. And two of them disliked the movie as much as I did the first time around. And both of them told me, go see it again, because there's something about knowing how it all plays out. And then you can just look back at it objectively watch it again and be okay. Um and then um uh Charlie Harger uh who teaches uh, digital radio here at Green River College
1: and sings um, the high praises of the last Jedi.
0: Yeah, see, and I didn't <laughs> realize that until I really started talking to him. He loved it first time he saw it. So for me that was like, oh okay. All right, that that doesn't really help me. It was it was more my friends that didn't that felt very similar to the way I did about a lot of things. Saw it again and said, "You know, you'll have, be okay."
1: I have seen that from a couple uh YouTubers that I watch regularly. Yeah. Like when they their first review of the Last Jedi, they panned it. They they didn't like it. And yeah, then they saw it a second time and then it was like, "Oh, maybe I was maybe I was a little wrong." Blah 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 blah. Like, okay, fine, whatever. That's that's you. D- you do you. Yeah, so this is probably the closest I'll get
0: to that because uh, – so um, to wrap up the Charlie thing, he he said – he's like, okay, you got to go again. Um, but when the casino scene starts,
1: that's when you hit the restroom. But what does that say about the movie that you have to skip a significant part of the movie to enjoy said movie? Well, it says that there's problems with it
0: and the the problems that are still there are still there my uh so seeing it a second time and actually so i uh i did like i i went to the restroom and i caught in the back of my ear you know the 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 first little bit of like that foghorn leghorn person oh oh, i say oh i say you know being all all super racist and whatnot um uh but I mean, so I caught the a little bit of that, mm-hmm. but I missed the whole, um, uh, you know, illegal double parking and all that stuff, and so I hit the restroom, and uh, the Cinerama uh, serves beer. So th- I got a- uh, So maybe that's why you- softened up on this movie you know you what were liquored up? well not only was I liquored up but I was also kind of nostalgic up also because I have um, you know not just nostalgia for Star Wars but for this particular movie theater as well so right, it was right. kind of you know th- that was kind of playing into it but by the time I returned with my adult beverage we were back on the island and, you know, training and stuff, I'm like, cool, this this works out just fine. But for me, watching The Last Jedi a second time, um, what I discovered is that um, the stuff that I liked, I still liked. Okay. The stuff that bothered me still kind of bothered me, but it bothered me less. And the stuff that made me angry didn't piss me off as much. It just kind of went into bothersome well, would that just be because uh, you you know it's coming? Yes. Precisely that I and I think that's the feeling that a lot of us forget like when we saw perhaps the Empire Strikes Back the first time or maybe Return of the Jedi the first time or you know maybe even the prequels Um, uh, you know like first time it's like oh hey this is exciting second time through like like your experience when you saw Force Awakens it's like you know when you saw it the second time that's when you really started peeling peeling the layers back yeah and then for me th- this was kind of not exactly the opposite of that but it was like you know what it, it, I I enjoyed the experience. Okay. Um my first experience was punctuated with heavy sighs and um I and I and I should also say that I went to this by myself. My my wife did not accompany me because mostly because I went after work, but also she's like, you know, I'll be honest with you I don't know if I can deal with you being upset by this movie again, <laughs> and, and, and all your heavy sighs. Um, uh, it was she act- ain't got time for your shit. Exactly, and then that, and I'm like, okay, that's that's cool. And then so so either consciously or subconsciously, I'm kind of like tracking for this, and the there were still two. What I still continue, uh, I, I would still say are cringeworthy moments. One, the space Mary Poppins. I, I It was just as tedious as it was the first time. Um, but other stuff like, say, like, like the slow space chase, n- that doesn't go on for nearly as long as it felt the first time through. In fact, none of the stuff that felt like it went on forever feels, everything feels quicker the second time through. That doesn't... I'm not apologizing for it because it's still janky and there's still problems.
1: Well, it just sounds like a, because you know these things are coming, they're, you're not kind of waiting, ex- expecting, hey, what's going to come next? Like, you know what's coming next. So it's, yeah. It's not quite as – uh doesn't feel as long, I guess. that's Yeah. What I'm getting at. It, you're, you're that's perci- the impression I'm getting.
0: You're precisely correct. And, yeah, there, there's – yeah, knowing what's happening, it's um, – oh, I forget what I was going to say. There's um, – there's something just about knowing it you you don't have you know like anticipation or expectations to worry about you know what's going to happen um and yeah just you know if if it doesn't excuse it then it at least makes it easier uh to accept i, I that's why i was going to say i i came to it from a point of acceptance mm-hmm. because i can't change the movie you know i can't expect it to go differently um and yeah i mean it was you know, all the stuff is fine, um, but the 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 stuff with the vice admiral still bothers me. Like like that scene where Poe is specifically saying, "What are we doing?" and her response is to be super bitchy. That still and that still bothered me. And then it 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 makes that scene at the end. Where after Leia's come back and she stunned him and they haul him onto the transport as they escape, and you know they kind of like have like this sisterly bro down where she's like, "I like him," and it's like, really, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. She's it, playing hard to get. Yeah, it was, and it, it it just it felt hollow mm-hmm. um, for me. But um, so yeah, so I, I didn't want necessarily. Uh, dwell too much more than uh, than I already have, but uh, coming at it from a place of acceptance does make it an easier watch. And the stuff that is cool is still cool. The the uh, light kamikaze, knowing it was coming, I leaned forward in my seat and sat up a little straighter, waiting for it. And it is as breathtaking as I remembered it.
1: Okay, so so uh, I also saw uh, the Last Jedi for a second time
0: sort of. Yeah, let's get into this. I I
1: watched the uh the defeminized cut as it's called. Uh if you haven't heard about this uh, <laughs> some anonymous uh troll and I'll explain why this is a obviously a troll job is that yeah, they put this... out a cut Go of ahead. the movie where they basically take out all the uh quote-unquote pro feminist stuff. <laughs> like a Admiral Purple Hair lady is completely cut from the movie. Uh, in this edit really yeah. wow <laughs> but uh, there's there was a lot of uh, misrepresentation of this because uh, I first heard about it when you uh, tweeted about it
0: yeah so I saw it in a uh, Twitter moment type of thing and yeah, I believe and it said pulling up
1: yeah I'm gonna try to pull it up well, basically so- the attitude was is that or the way that people were presenting this is that it cuts out all the women out of the movie mm-hmm. which is which is Blatantly false if you've actually seen it because Phasma's still in it, Rose is still in it, Leia's in it, uh, Ray's still in it. Interesting. So, so I, uh, yeah. So
0: my thing is is like I'm I'm very susceptible to clickbait stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, um, but I I also don't necessarily click on it. What I do is like I'll see a headline.
1: Oh, so you're one of those assholes. I am one of
0: those guys, definitely. So, like on, uh, um, so I found it here. This was uh, from Twitter Moments, and Twitter Moments is kind of neat because it'll take some kind of news story, quasi news story, and then aggregate a bunch of tweets that relate to it.
1: Well, tweets that they want you to yeah. see related oh, to the story. It's very
0: slanted and very, very non-objective. And I think well, if that's you, Twitter in a nutshell. Well, yeah, th- this is also true, but what I so, but what I got here is uh, um, the headline is someone has made a Last Jedi edit with no women in it, and it continues. There's a long tradition of re-editing the Star Wars movies uh, to attempt to fix them. Air quotes that you can't see on the radio, uh, both from fans and their creators. A remix of the latest movie, apparently by men's rights activists, which is ha- that. Go on, go on, yeah, <laughs> it has raised some eyebrows. That was the end of it. So yeah, and and so there there's various things where uh, MRAs make 46 minute cut of the Last Jedi that edits out all the women, and and you know the tweets just go on and on. It's like lots of yeah, lots of smiley faces. You know, it looks like both uh, Mark Hamill and John Boyega weighed in at at some point. I'm not going to bother to read any of these, but my uh, uh my point was is I um quote tweeted it and said as if that's the problem with
1: the last jedi well, and just left it at that. I can think of one woman that is a problem for Star Wars but it's not one of the characters. Okay. It's what's her face the producer? Oh, the, per- the woman that's in charge of it all. Kathleen Kennedy.
0: Yeah. Okay, so your your issue was is with her.
1: Interesting. Okay. But anyway, the, the whole MRA thing I I cannot find anything to su- suggest that the guy who made this is a men's rights activist. Sure. So I think it's just uh, throwing out terms to get a reaction, like a yep. like like the alt right term. It's, yeah. it's become so hollow. True. Anyway, so what, what makes this uh, edit, an obvious troll job is one the description that comes with this movie mm-hmm. when you download it because the it, it breaks down all the things that were cut oh okay I wish I had it with me but uh, just the the wordage is very obvious that this is satire or is poking fun right but then you go to the credits (laughs) and it says directed by your mama and then produced by and there's a, a troll face yeah this was obviously a joke and people took the bait hook line and sinker that's
0: awesome, because yeah, it kind of went viral for a while, you know. Again, like, like you said, those those you know key trigger words like you know uh, men's rights activists or you know alt right or what anything to just kind of um, uh, garner attention, negative attention but, for something. But but yeah, it sounds like this was all a troll job, and and everybody fell for it.
1: Uh, yeah the uh, the edit it's we were talking about this earlier, and I compared it to taking a can of Febreze and spraying said Febreze, on a pile of shit. Mm-hmm. Sure, it'll smell better, but it's still a pile of shit. Gotcha. Uh, what, it, what it fixes, or it does take out the uh, Pose Your Mama jokes, which I hated. Oh, okay. It took those out. Uh, Leia dies when she goes out the airlock. Oh, so okay. Was, that's a, I think that's a good fix. Yeah. Uh, let's see. They, they completely cut out the uh, casino stuff. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. Luke dies at the battlefield. Okay. Uh, they make Luke, or they attempt to edit it so that Luke feels more like Luke rather than get off my lawn, Luke. Yeah. And uh, Purple Head Lady, like I said, is cut out completely. So they edit it so that it's uh, Poe that does the uh, kamikaze sacrifice. Okay. And also Rose doesn't stop Thins. Uh, attempt to save the day so interesting so it it, initially
0: i thought that it's you know especially based upon like the 46 minute runtime that it's you know it's just taking stuff out but with the rose thing then are they like messing with shots or like special effects or like trying to because because that actually that would fundamentally change the story because like the the battering ram cannon has to blow through the door. Oh, it,
1: like I said, it's a can of breeze yeah, sprayed okay. on shit. So it, it's try. I fell it, for it. it it's, it's working with what you got. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, but, I, t- uh, I totally did, fell. Something for else it. that it fixes for the most part is uh when uh uh fuck not the not emperor. Uh, oh it's Snoke. Snoke. When Snoke dies, uh-huh. Instead of just kind of tumbling over, uh uh-huh. in half, he disappears. Really, like a force ghost, or whatever, or like when uh, Obi Wan died. Interesting. And and you hear a little uh, laugh from Snoke.
0: <laughs> I'll get you. Because
1: honestly, that that would make it better if it's like, yeah, okay, sure. Snoke might come back and mess with people. Yeah, that'd be that'd be kind of cool. You'd be like Star Screams
0: Ghost. I I could live with that. But yeah, I mean, and and that's because I mean, I I, I really don't. Oh, man, I, I could just we could spend our entire hour just talking about this. But, you know, the, the thing that bothers me about this movie um, still bothered me that, to where like, you know, like they they Ryan Johnson took all of the expectations and subverted and twisted them. And I'm all for subverting expectations. But then when you seek out every single one of them and twist all of them, that's a problem. I think. But the uh but the snoke thing, it's like yeah, when when he just topples over, it it's it's really the punctuation on like this character means nothing. Yeah, it's like a it, it's very undignified. It's
1: like imagine if uh the confrontation between Luke and the Emperor happened in the second act of The Empire Strikes Back. Uh-huh. It's just like why? Yeah. Yeah. And
0: yeah. Uh, uh, you know, we we were talking about this a little bit earlier and and uh you know, since since I'm opening up my mouth now, I guess we'll have to revisit it, but now um what we we talked pre- in our previous episode about like where where do we go from here? Because like again, it's one of the things that I forgot about or didn't notice was that um at the end of the movie, there's, like, nobody in the Resistance left. I mean, there's, like, so few people that they fit onto the Millennium Falcon.
1: Yeah, there, there's no fleet.
0: Yeah, th- yeah, they, they have no ships. They have no resources. They they have nothing. They have the Millennium Falcon. Um, and But one of the things that did click with me just a little more is I do kind of, um, while, while I'm not a fan of it, Seeing it through the second time, I do kind of understand and like uh, Projection Luke being out there. Because what this sets up is kind of the myth and legend of Luke Skywalker that this new rebellion can kind of rally around. I was too busy being pissed off about it earlier to really stop and say, well, you know what? This could kind of be a spark for a new rebellion.
1: I kind of disagree because – if he died there, you could still have that spark. I, I either way, he stood up to the new the uh the first order.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're the first order, not that Wolfenstein game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you're finally going to correct me on that.
0: <laughs> I'm very polite. But no, um but yeah, no, it's in and, and, and I 100% agree with you. It's just, you know, coming at it from that point of acceptance of like this is how it is, I was more in a position to be like, "Okay, I guess I see what you're doing."
1: Yeah, but, um yeah, but Luke he deserved a hero's death, not to just die of some miss Because because he was exhausted. Yeah, and uh,
0: and and well, on the, well,
1: since you saw it a second time, yeah. Was there anything to hint that Luke was wounded or something?
0: He, um, when you see him when he's sitting cross-legged and floating above above the rock, it looks like. He has to take a dump, real, real bad, and can't quite do it. You can see like there's strain. It's it's uncomfortable, actually. It looks like he needs to poop real bad. And then, um, yeah, I
1: remember that. Like he he looked he looked like something was wrong, but we didn't really know what it was. Yeah,
0: like like he had like some like gas station sushi or something. Um, Too much blue milk. Yeah, <laughs> and then when uh um when after he topples over and pulls himself back on. I I don't think the injury theory really holds up um because like you you had uh, mentioned earlier um earlier like like this wasn't a month ago sorry in in our previ- Whenever we talk in our it. previous episode where like you know perhaps like his force projection felt like like those injuries like the stabs and the
1: slashes and like stuff like ma- like the matrix or whatever Yeah
0: yeah there really wasn't any indication of that um that I could see it was really just more um, that that strain
1: and fatigue. So I guess we'll have to buy the novelization to know what the hell.
0: Yeah. So speaking of, um, uh, a couple things on that. One, um, uh, you know, one of the things you've been a champion of, or champion against, more accurately, is the is the perspective of the uh, fuck you by the novelization, fuck you by the comic book, fuck yeah. you by the extended edition. But with with the Last Jedi, we've got something that I've never heard of before. This is this is super weird. Um apparently um the novelization, a uh, movie novelization of the last jedi isn't out yet. And it's it's what coming soon
1: or something like that? Do coming you... soon? Yes, it's like I'm pretty sure the novelization for Rogue One and The Force Awakens were out at this point when when or in this time frame of uh Yeah. They should, yeah, the uh, the Last Jedi novelization should have been out by now. Right. And apparently, since it's not out,
0: um, they're adding some deleted scenes to it. But here's the thing that's weird. And and I don't happen to have the tweet in front of me, so uh, just feel free and at me. <laughs> um, uh, that's what the kids say when it's like, you know, you know, come at me, bro, or whatever. <laughs> it's dumb. Anyway, so... Um, but... There's there's a scene that apparently Han Solo gets like a funeral or something that they that it's not a scene that was written for the film it wasn't like filmed and discarded it just was not part of the movie but apparently is going to be part of this um, movie novelization adaptation thing it must
1: be a really quick funeral because the, the 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 first order they're like right there yeah after uh. Death Star 3 gets destroyed. Yeah. And
0: and you feel the urgency of that, I think, even more so than than the first time I saw it, because it's you could watch them back to back and it'll just be like, oh, yeah. So, you know, like they've had like a little bit of time to abandon the base, but not much.
1: It's not like there was it's not like with uh, from episode four to uh, Empire, where there's like however many like, years, like two in or three
0: years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's all very urgent and immediate um. And, and then and then loses all the momentum when we're doing a slow speed chase for the for the rest of the movie. Right. But um. but I digress. Yeah. So apparently in this novelization, they're going to throw more stuff in that. And that speaks to the point that you were bringing up to me earlier. It's like, well, if you have to skip a casino scene to improve the movie, how is throwing more stuff? Stuff that maybe should have I, I don't I don't know if should have is the right term but but if you're putting more stuff in this in this novelization, I don't know what that says about the movie.
1: I don't know I don't know now uh was well, something so, oh go ahead well I, I can't remember which article it was I read about this, but it, it gave me the impression that these deleted scenes or there are deleted scenes, but they're not going to be on the blu-ray they're going to be in the book instead oh well, I, don't know how, I don't know how true that is but i'm just curious if you saw something like you know
0: that. i think i saw something like that and and that that's i think what sparked my curiosity because like and like in the tweet i saw it's like a, a picture of an excerpt that talks about han's funeral okay um I, I don't remember what the sentence is but it's like you know it's like han is dead and like you know admiral akbar this or something like that and I, I yeah I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but yeah you're right and and there will be deleted scenes that will be on the Blu-ray oh okay um but this novelization is supposed to have like other material in it. Now the thing that's interesting about that is like I um when when I was younger when I was a kid I loved movie novelizations. Uh, because basically, like, they came out well before the movie did and were usually based upon, like, a not
1: final version of the screenplay. Wasn't that the case for the uh, novelization of the first Star Wars movie? Like, it came out before the movie? Long before the movie. I have read the book and there was stuff in there that's not in the movie, but... yeah. Obviously I wasn't alive when it was released. Yeah,
0: and I I don't know what version of the screenplay that novelization is based off of because I have it also and it, and it has like the the cover has like kind of it has a rough macquarie art if I remember correctly. It has like prototype versions
1: of the characters. Yeah. Like
0: I remember like the Darth Vader mask isn't like quite
1: he looks angry rather than just a blank stare.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's a few things in that. Um, I haven't read it for a really long time, but I do remember, like, at the time, being old enough to read the novelizations for both Empire and Return of the Jedi. And, that like, the novelization for Jedi has, like, the sandstorm scene in it. For example, like when they, when they get ready to leave Tatooine on the Falcon, okay. there's like this whole scene where they get caught in a sandstorm and they, they apparently filmed part of it, but like it ended up costing too much or something like that. I, I don't remember what the story is there, but that's, it's not in the movie and there's only like parts of it that are available on the Blu-ray. Like, like, uh, I, I think there's just like still photos or something like that. Okay. Anyway, I, I'm getting off track. Um. So, so, to have a novelization come out not just after the movie but long after the movie, and you're kind of basing the advertising on putting new stuff in it i don't I don't like that at all. That really bugs me. Well, is it any different than, say, a director's cut? in principle? In principle, no, but in practice, I've never seen that before. Oh, okay like um i cuz again that that was kind of the treat of reading the novelization either before or after like i mean cuz i mean like with like i mentioned with the empire and jedi novelizations i read them after seeing the movie um but i knew they were out beforehand um uh, much like the uh, novelization for star wars that you were talking about um And I, I remember like when the novelization for episode one came out, that was kind of like a big deal because like they got Terry Brooks to write it and, um, and that came out. I don't remember how far ahead of the movie, but far enough to where like it charted on the bestseller list. Like people were snapping that up like, uh, um, like hotcakes. (laughs) I don't, I couldn't figure out what people snap up in, in 2018, um, I, grabbing them like bitcoins or something. I, I don't know. That's stupid. Um, But no, it, it's so, so yeah, it just, it just rings really, really f- odd to me. And I mean, it would be one thing if you put stuff out as like, say like a comic book and you put in. Like, you make it a point to take, like, famous deleted scenes. Like, like again, like, there, there's a contemporary comic book adaptation of Return of the Jedi that also re- uh, includes the Sandstorm scene. Okay. But that's kind of, like, part of the bonus of it. Like, it's like, ooh, we took this scene that, like, they couldn't make and, and put it into a comic book. Um, I'm okay with that. But this, where it seems like it's... Um, I don't know if it's fan service
1: or apologist well, or be, I don't well, know. Well, would it be stuff that it was never written as part of the screenplay? See, and and that was the
0: thing I was getting at. I think this Han Solo funeral thing is invented for this novelization I don't think it was part of the original screenplay, and I don't believe they filmed it or had any intention of doing it. It's just something that they threw in. Maybe this is a weird hill for me to die on here, but that again that that just it's if it wasn't significant enough to have in the movie because like you've pointed out, um you know the movie moves at such a clip and a pace. There's no room for it, and it, and it would totally detract from uh, uh the pacing of the movie more so than the movie already does itself. But I I, I don't know I don't know. Um, was there there anything else you wanted to mention on
1: uh uh, uh
0: fuck you by the book uh, deleted well, scenes?
1: No, but I guess I just kind of want to add because I think it's f- funny but sad at the same time. As sure. That when uh, Last Jedi was released in uh, China yeah I, correct me if I'm wrong but isn't China the uh second largest movie uh market sec behind the United States it's got to be in fact you know what I I research research
0: department um I I would say anymore it's getting really
1: close to overtaking well, either I mean, way it's huge it's huge yeah huge as, I mean, as our president would call it but anyway <laughs> it, it it lost to a Chinese rom-com of some type. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, okay. And two weeks later, it got pulled completely. Wow. It it barely lasted... I don't even know if it lasted a full two weeks in China, but it's like, wow. What the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck, Disney? No, I, I keep hearing the excuse of, oh, well, uh, Star Wars doesn't have the same nostalgic f- uh Effect that in China as it does here in the the states, and it's like okay, fair enough, but doesn't that indicate that the Last Jedi is relying on uh, nostalgia rather than merit?
0: Yeah, see, and I think that's uh, honestly that that's why the Last Jedi is so divisive. You know, because you, Force Awakens was the one that that relied on the nostalgia. I think Last Jedi doesn't have
1: enough nostalgia. I think that's well, part I guess of the brand problem. recognition is, I should say, not nostalgia.
0: Good point, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, criticism of Force Awakens is that, you know, it's too similar to uh, A New Hope. And the problem with Last Jedi is that it's too different. And, and I kind of fall into that camp Um, a lot, but, but with the China thing and I forget what the article was, I, it was, it was whatever you had tweeted out. I clicked in, actually clicked on something, (laughs) I clicked on something, clickbaity and read it. And apparently I didn't realize this, but the, um, the original star Wars movies weren't released in China until, uh, right before the force awakens. Um, which I thought was, I mean, that, that kind of blows my hair back a little bit. I never really thought of that. Yeah,
1: that seemed that does seem weird that yeah in all this in all these decades since uh, 1977. Yeah, China was just recently getting Star Wars.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't know if
1: that's the whole story.
0: Um, or but
1: maybe they got it like on home video or went up and not uh, theatrically. Or- that's
0: that probably seems to check out. And and I don't, I'll confess, I don't know much about the politics of Chinese cinema. Like I know like regulations have changed over the last few
1: years. Yeah, like they only get a certain amount of right. Hollywood movies a year.
0: Correct, right. And and I think like some of them have like it's allowed for more or something like that. I I don't really know, but but I mean, I do know that the Chinese market is why they keep making those god awful Transformer movies. Um yeah, I mean, the Chinese like terrible movies. So Then it, they should have loved the last Jedi. See that? <laughs> <laughs> just setting that up. Just setting. If we're playing t ball here, but no, it it's it, it puzzles me that because um, I I don't know if that just means that it's not big and dumb enough. You know, like it, I, I don't know. I I I'm puzzled by by uh, the last Jedi's failure in the Chinese market. It it's weird. I I think if I were to speculate, I think it would have to do with um, uh, maybe language. um, Because, okay, you take something like Transformers, where it's god-awful, and you're there more for the visual spectacle than plot or
1: character development or anything like that. And... Yeah, but the Chinese uh, cut, wouldn't it... Or the release, wouldn't it have subtitles? I Presumably. I, I would imagine so. Because, I mean, the, uh, the defeminized cut, it was... It was obviously some cam footage, <laughs> but it had, like, a, I don't know if it was Chinese, Japanese, or what, but it had... A- Subtitles to it.
0: Oh, so maybe it was like like uh, from like an airplane or something like that. Because I've seen I've seen some cam boots back in the day. Like I like I have a <laughs> I have an old uh, uh, CDR with uh, with Spider Man Two on it <laughs> that looked like it was recorded by somebody on a plane, and it's and it's got you know uh, Asian looking uh, subtitles, like whether right. it's like Korean, Japanese, Chinese. It, uh, my point being is that yeah, I I just wonder that if I if I am watching a movie that's not in my language, it's gotta have some kind of appeal to me other than nuance. Like like I, I wouldn't consider myself a anime fan. I, I I would be very casual at best, and I think that's even being generous. But you know like I I consume, I mean, like when, when I watch anime, it's kind of for the visuals I, because something gets, and maybe that's why I've never really become a fan of anime because like either, um, I mean, you get those two camps, right? You got the people that are like, you know, uh, dubbed as shit or you've got like subtitled and I can't follow it, you know, because I don't understand the language or whatever. And well, f- dubbing's gotten a lot
1: better since like the Speed Racer
0: days. Sure, sure.
1: But, but I, I think it just comes down to uh, the individual because mm-hmm. uh, when uh, Shin Godzilla got released uh, stateside, yeah, uh, in, for that limited theatrical run, it was mm-hmm. it was Japanese language only. Like there was no uh, uh, dubbing; it was all subtitled. But right. And, and okay. Shin Godzilla is very story heavy. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost similar to the two thousand Godzilla, where there, it doesn't totally focus on Godzilla himself. Okay. But, but I, I didn't I still have a hard time. need th- to watch that. <laughs> it, 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 it's one of my favorite Godzilla I movies know, I, It is amazing. I love it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, like, I didn't have a hard time following it, or I was still really into it, even when they were just doing all the, you know, just sitting around in a room talking about yeah. Godzilla or whatnot. So I, I think it just comes down to the individual in that case. Because okay. like, hmm. I'm one of those guys that's like, I'd rather watch a dubbed, animated, and subbed. Oh okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, because sometimes you get uh, anime like Cowboy Bebop, where the voice actors are just top-notch. Good point. Yeah. See, and, and that's
0: and that's something that's in more contemporary anime where you right. have yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know. So I think. I think we need to move on from The Last
1: Jedi. Otherwise, yeah, we've we're, talked we're about go- this long enough. We're, we're, <laughs> we're supposed to be talking about the Oscars. I know. This, this was
0: supposed to be a, you know, kind of like a little 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 bit at the beginning. But, but okay, so to kind of wrap in uh, Last Jedi with, uh, with the Oscars. It's we're, got what, five? It's got um, research. Man, the... Man, you can tell that we're at the college radio station because the computers are super slow. Yeah, they are. Um, Okay, so Star Wars The Last Jedi is nominated for... Oh, did I click on the wrong one? Am I looking at Dunkirk? God damn it. Hold, please. No, you're looking at Jedi. Okay, so I'm just scrolling it further down. Okay, so it's, it's nominated for four Oscars, including Best Score sound editing, sound mixing, and visual effects. So definitely technical categories for What ones that you would
1: expect it to be nominated for?
0: Yeah, I mean none
1: of these surprise me. No, I mean it, as much as we were shitting on it uh when when we did our review, mm-hmm. visually it's great it's good. Right. I mean uh the score is forgettable, but I we we touched on this when we were doing the yeah. Blade Runner review where mm-hmm. that's seems to be scores in general where they're just serviceable like they're they're not memorable comfort food exactly yeah i
0: I think that's the way you put it at the time you know it's like it's it's like uh you know like delicious gravy or something like that you know it's just like it's there it's glue um and i i had forgotten that john williams did the score for the last jedi It was like when his credit came up i'm like oh oh okay well Cause I mean, I mean, at this point the, the score is just playing the hits, you know, he, he could have hired that out, you know, very similar to, um, um, Michael Giacchino's score for rogue one. I mean, you could, you don't necessarily need, uh, John Williams to score the whole movie. Um, apparently he's going to be back to score like the theme quote unquote for solo. I don't, I don't. I don't, I don't know about
1: Hold that. Oh, that's right. That movie's supposed to come out. In a yeah,
0: few yeah, and uh, and still no trailer as of this recording. That's weird. Troubling, troubling. <laughs> so, but anyway, so um, yeah, so I see. I tried to get us back on track, and just as quickly got us way off track. What so, is
1: it about Star Wars that just completely takes us off track? It's well, it's, <laughs> it's Star Wars, man.
0: So yeah, okay. So so Star Wars has four nominees and yeah. again in uh, technical uh, categories um, and the the next thing we wanted to talk about was uh, um, <laughs> see this is why I wanted to do a show with you just so that 2040
1: suck <laughs> 2040
0: sucks so funny okay so, so Blade Runner 2049 is nominated for five
1: Oscars okay that's where I got the number from yeah so
0: yeah Blade Runner has five uh, to Star Wars four um, the same categories um, in sound mixing, sound editing and visual effects but also is nominated for production design and uh, cinematography. Now uh, for me at least I think uh, the cinematography nominee is the one that's most deserving of because uh, you know it's it's Roger Deacons he's been he has been nominated for 14 other uh uh, movies in the past was a bridesmaid
1: but never a bride
0: exactly you know like including skyfall i mean that was a great looking movie um as well as a whole bunch of others that i have the list but i'm not going to read it all um um but i i think one of the reasons why uh blade runner 2049 um sticks with me is just because of the look of it the aesthetic and i think that goes to um of the cinematography so i i think that's that's why? What am I doing? Oh, I'm just I'm just scrolling like a madman over here. Um, so anyway, so I, I I think it's it's deserving of that as well as the other. Uh, I guess. guess.
1: Yeah, well, I to me it seemed like a vi- from a visual standpoint it was trying. It was trying so hard to be Blade Runner that it just yeah. went overkill.
0: Sure, and and that probably goes in hand with uh, the uh, production design. So to me, these these technical categories are awarding like how it looks, how it feels, and you know the stuff that it mm-hmm. does um, uh, visually, aesthetically. Now that that does not sit right with my man killing spree.
1: No, bla- <laughs> like like I said. I, I, I call it 2040 suck for a reason I hated this movie yeah you really there, really hate it I I cannot think of it, very many movies that made me legitimately angry yeah like th- there's movies that made me frustrated or uh-huh. disappointed like uh Disney Star Wars thus far. sure yeah but the, the end of the day those movies they I move on i mm-hmm. I, I don't care after a while it's interesting it's more fr- uh frustrating disappointed with those but when mm-hmm. we played around 24 I I felt insulted. Okay, I mean this. Everyone's talking about how smart this movie is, but yeah, Jesus Christ, it is pseudo intellectual at best. Yeah, it it, it is very I mean, pretentious. I, I and find it funny that people were dogging on the uh, the original cut of the first Blade Runner, the okay. U.S. release, because mm. of the uh, the monologues. It's like you're yeah. dumbing it down. Blah 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 blah. It's like yet they're praising twenty forty nine because it's so called smart. Yet the movie had to stop how many times to so we can. Or to remind the audience that not Deckard has never witnessed the miracle. <laughs> you really
0: hate this movie. I do, and and it's got to piss you off that I actually like it so much.
1: Honestly, I don't care if people. It doesn't yeah. bother me if people like it. Uh-huh. It's a, I I, for, I try to have a you do you attitude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that, but that's and not going to stop me from getting pissed off about it.
0: Fair enough, but I think what um what's What's really kind of set you off on that is not so much the amount of uh, nominations that Blood Ru- Blade Runner uh, twenty forty suck has, but the uh, um, lack of recognition in other categories. Oh, that's not going to work that way. Oh, you mean the go. lack
1: of recognition for War, the Planet of the Apes? Yes, and that's what I want. Andy to get Circus it to. got snubbed. Yeah, fuck so, you, Oscars.
0: Yeah, so so I want to talk about that because um, uh, War for the Planet of the Apes was your. Favorite movie. Of, Absolutely. Hands of, down. Yeah. And not, ju- I would, I would go so far as to say not to speak for you, but I'm going to speak for you. I would say not just <laughs> of, of this year, but of the last several years. You, um, you really like that movie. Like, really I'd, like I'd have
1: to sit down and think about, it, but yeah, that it, the last, I don't know, five or so years, that, it would definitely be up there. Cause mm-hmm. like, I adore Shin Godzilla. Like I've said earlier, uh, Yeah, I fairly enjoyed Jurassic world, but, uh, well with Jurassic World more you just hit the right notes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't disagree with you on that
0: because uh um those yeah, are I'd, gr- I'd really have to sit
1: to, uh sit and think about it of all the movies I've seen in the last five years or whatever, but, mm-hmm. but well, no, you're you're not you're not off base.
0: Well and and the reason why I bring that up because I, I agree with you in that it it's a huge snub. Um but the category that it's nominated for is for visual effects a a category
1: you'd expect it to be.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the one I think it's the most deserving of because that's where, um, I mean, obviously the, the plot and performance and, and all of that is great, but what really sells it is those visual effects because you forget that you are looking at digital skins on mocap actors. I mean,
1: but I thought like the, uh, the set, especially for the, uh, I, I don't know if you want to call it a concentration camp or a forced mm-hmm. labor camp. I just, it just, it just pulled your heartstrings. Sure. So, so let me,
0: let me ask you this. I mean, so, okay. So, I mean, obviously um, uh, Andy Serkis is a huge component of this, uh, this
1: movie success. Uh, yeah, he, he's definitely a, I don't want to say the thing that makes this, these movies work, but he's, he's up there.
0: Definitely. Well, I mean, it's...
1: it's. I mean, well, it's all about Caesar, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean... I mean, got to give credit. I mean,
0: the entire trilogy rests on his shoulders. I mean, it's his performance as Caesar that, that makes these movies so resonant. I think if you have a different actor, different performance, uh, um, subpar special effects, um, you know, I, I don't think these movies would be as resonant as they are. But what my question is, is we saw that that war only got nominated for visual effects. What other categories do you think that that war should have been nominated for given well, that?
1: Oh, well, best actor. Uh, is there a category for set design? Or do they uh, call I, it something. else. Uh, production design, production design. It so I think it should have gotten maybe not necessarily win production design, but I think it should have gotten nominated. Gotcha. And, and I, I'm, I don't know
0: enough about the uh, nomination categories. It looks like all of the categories, like the technical categories, have five nominees. So that's probably like the top end of it. But for production design, you have Disney's Beauty of the Beast, Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, uh, Dunkirk, and The Shape of Water.
1: I've only seen uh, Blade Runner, so I can't say uh, about the other four.
0: Yeah, you know what? And, And actually of those, I've seen three of those five i i've seen beauty and the beast and dunkirk and i you know what i i i wouldn't mind swapping out war for planet of the apes with dunkirk or maybe even i don't know Beauty and the beast was pretty lavish i don't know um it's a hard one it it, it's really a hard one and and i didn't want to necessarily crawl in the muck and argue with you specifically i just kind of slipped into it but but yeah but but the thing that i guess i wanted to speak on is is you know um, a Best Actor Nom for Andy Serkis because since this is spoiler alert, um, uh, you know his last turn as Caesar, this would have been kind of a cool way to, uh, in some way
1: recognize that. Um, yeah, kind of same way that Logan is getting recognized for uh, Best Screen Adaptation, and it's yeah, and it's Jackman's last or. Supposedly, last go as uh, Wolverine.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll see. And and you know
1: what? Let's. Um, well, I'm sure money talks.
0: <laughs> well, you know, and and I I don't. I mean, I I have a lot of things to say about Logan. So I I will we'll go back to exactly, that. exactly. I I don't want to lose the thread with uh uh with uh with War. Um, do you think um it would be like Best Picture worthy? Well that's it's a hard one because i've never
1: seen any of the movies that are up for best picture so i can't really answer that fairly
0: yeah so there are nine best picture nominees um i'm not gonna name them all off even though i have the screen in front of me but my point being is that like most of them almost all of them are oscar bait type movies
1: and planet of the apes is very much a genre flick and genre flicks- Rarely, if ever, get that kind of recognition.
0: Yeah, which which was, I thought, again, from a layman's perspective, a non cinemaphile moviegoer, I thought that that's why the Best Picture category was expanded.
1: Well, yeah, when they first expanded, uh, District 9 was among the nominees for Best Picture. Right, and and that was a super genre movie, you know, kind of an obscure genre movie at that. Well, maybe what got that one in is because it had some... Ham fisted political message. I don't even remember what it was. Yeah. Um, oh, Christ. I don't. I barely remember that movie to begin with. It. I
0: don't think it holds up very well. I, well,
1: I, I it don't. Was, it I was don't, Neil don't. Blanc half So. Yeah. I
0: was gonna say. I. I don't remember especially caring for it by the time I got to it. But. But. But that's neither here nor there. But it's. It's. Yeah. I mean, it's like you. I thought because uh, uh, like a lot of. If I if I'm remembering this correctly, the category expansion came around the time that uh, Dark Knight was around, and you know you have like the posthumous uh, best actor win for Heath Ledger. I thought it was best supporting actor. Oh, sorry, did I say actor? I I, I don't I, remember. That, I misspoke. That's I'm asking. It. it was supporting. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. If I said actor, I misspoke. Um, but um i think it got the academy thinking it's like wait a minute let's see if we can expand this out to you know like see if we and and really it's a shell game with like tv ratings trying to get people more invested in these stuffy award shows that really nobody cares about i don't care about the oscars not really
1: well what's changed in attitude because i remember like maybe 20 years ago Mm -hmm. it was like the oscars were a big thing like i remember going out of my way to watch them. Yeah.
0: When I was a kid, I would, I would watch it. And, but, but here's the, Oh, see, I I think maybe I've, I've tapped onto it or at least a a component of it. I remember, um, I, I don't remember how old I was, but whenever the, um, animated beauty and the beast came out and it was nominated for best picture, I remember as a kid suddenly being invested in that category because I, I liked the movie, but more importantly, I, I appreciated even as like a younger person that it was included with a bunch of stuffy stuff. And I think that's what they were kind of trying to accomplish with expanding the category, you know, and, and then so and then what they do is they make like a separate animated film category, which is I mean, there's just which basically, basically there's it, fucking it, garbage in that. It's basically just give the award to Pixar. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, like, we live in a world where the Boss Baby is now an academy Academy nominated movie.
1: I haven't seen it. I
0: don't. <laughs> I, I haven't either. I've just listened to uh, We Hate Movies uh, a riff on it,
1: and and it's from what I understand, pretty terrible. But um, well, when you only have so many, well, the other thing about these nominees is that they only get nominated if the studios push for it. Like they put the financial backing to. Get, you know, get them nominated. And
0: I and I think that that gets lost in the shuffle. Like I heard, like, you know, with the best animated uh, feature film, um, I heard a lot of people cry and foul that uh, the Lego Batman movie wasn't nominated. But yet Boss Baby was um, maybe Warner Brothers just didn't trot it out. Maybe they never even pushed it or submitted for it. Um, it it's possible. Yeah. I uh, I like the Lego Batman movie. OK. Um, if you're if you're even a casual fan of Batman, watch the first 20 minutes of it and then stop <laughs> okay. because it's great. I mean, the first 20 minutes, the opening scene is a celebration, a wonderful celebration of everything that's cool about Batman, okay. including the the Adam West era and and everything else. It finds a way to touch on every era of Batman and it's brilliant. And then it slides off a deep Deep cliff, and it gets to be like uh, a moralistic story about how you the 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 magic of friendship, and and you need friends and teamwork and all that other stuff. I don't need that in my
1: Batman movie. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um, well, something I kind of wanted to rant a little about is that uh, about genre flicks not getting the kind of recognition that they yeah that the, these uh, Oscar bait movies get. I, I just find it frustrating because. Those genre flicks are what help fuel the f- or finance these big budget pictures. because the uh, the genre flicks, like say Friday the 13th, or whatever. Yes, there's very little money that goes into them. Yeah, but they make such a huge profit. Mm-hmm. But they get shit on, or they, or they don't get any rec- proper recognition. Yeah, I. I mean, th- I, those blockbuster flicks are the ones that make the they're the money. paying the bills. Yeah, I mean, they're keeping the lights on. I mean, like you,
0: uh, you know, you bring up uh, Friday the 13th. I mean, I'm sure that, like, from 1982 to 1987, you know, those movies coming out every year was keeping Paramount's lights on, you know, or at least helping significantly because, like, they were super cheap to make, but then would always be lucrative box office returns. We're not talking blockbuster numbers, but, I mean, in terms of, like, turn of profit, yeah.
1: Yeah, but and the... I might be speaking from bias here, but those genre flicks, they last longer in terms of uh, memorability. Memora, pe- well, that too. <laughs> that, that just a, you, it, they it, may it, become pop culture icons, yet 20 years from now, is uh, that uh, Washington Post movie going to, are people going to care about that? Yeah, I I don't I don't know, and and or how about Darkest Hour or uh, Dunkirk, right? Or is Dunkirk just gonna get lost in the shelf of all with all the other war movies.
0: Definitely, I I actually don't like Dunkirk very much. It's it's a ninety minute movie that feels like three hours. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, like the production looks great. It's a it's a gorgeous looking movie, but there isn't really a whole lot of meat on its bones. I. I, I don't really understand all of the recognition for it. I mean, sure. Tasa Christopher Nolan, best director or not. that that's fine. Because I mean, again, it's, it's a very well-made movie, but it's, it's not going to stand the test of time. I don't think. And like, like for example, I couldn't tell you like the last three best picture winners because it's all Oscar bait stuff and it all just fades into obscurity.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to remember, um, the most recent uh, best picture winners i'm drawing blanks yeah i you know i i'd have to go back to like uh return of the king sure well yeah and and to kind of tie it Where back did the and, avatar win best picture once
0: or well i think it was nominated i don't think it won because that movie sucks well yeah, um, um <laughs> but uh okay fine I'll, I'll research that one uh because i i'm generally it definitely got
1: nominated i just can't remember if it won
0: yeah i think it had like um Okay, so it was uh, nominated for nine awards. It won for Best Visual Effects, Cinematography, Production Design. It was nominated for Best Picture, Did Not Win. Okay. It was nominated for Best Director, Best Original Score, Film Editing, Sound Mixing, and Sound Editing. Those two seem to go in hand, sound mixing and sound editing. I don't really know what the difference is. I'm
1: sure there's some technical (laughs) difference
0: yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen one where it's one and not the other. But regardless, it was nominated for all those and didn't win. Okay. So, but it did win for, um, you know, the, the real technical categories that I would say it deserved, you know, for visual effects, cinematography, and production design. Okay. I mean, I, I, could, I could see these three awards going to Blade Runner. Um, oh, actually, no, I'm sorry, I take that back. Um, I'm I'm pulling for the cinematography and production design but I I'd like to see War for Planet of the Apes win visual effects. Yeah, to me it has to.
1: Uh, could you pull back up the uh visual nominees? Yes. Could and I- you, you could follow
0: along at home go to oscar.go.com and it brings up all the nominees it's very uh uh clickable on a faster computer than the one that I'm using. Either that. I'm-
1: okay, so, okay, so so, so, so Blade yeah, so, Runner Guardians 2, Kong, Last Jedi, and War. Yeah. So and- I've seen all but uh, Guardians 2, so... Uh, You're okay. Yeah. Honestly, War should win. Yeah, I think so. And I- I'm going to be totally biased here, but if not War, then Kong. Because Kong looks yeah. beautiful. Like, Have you seen it since uh, you saw it in theaters? I haven't.
0: I-, I have the Blu-ray sitting on my shelf at home, and I have not watched
1: it oh. yet. Well, I got it recently. I rewatched it, and it's mm-hmm. just like, wow, this is really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember being very impressed with it at
0: at the time, and really, really liked it. So, so yeah, I mean, I I'm with you on that. I um um, I I I can't think of anything that I would rather see of of these five. I think that's uh I think that's pretty fair. And that will wrap it up for this first half, but stay tuned. There's another half coming dropping soon when we get more into the exclusion of a certain superhero movie from the Oscar nominations that has a lot of people upset. Plus, we talk about the return of the XFL and John Cena as Duke Nukem. All of that and more on the next exciting episode of Mike Seibert Radio from the KGRG Studios. For my guest co-host, Killing Spree, my name is Mike, and until next time, make good choices.